Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger syndrome, also called autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome once again to Aspieland. My name is John Allen, and I'm honored to be your host. If you're new to this podcast, well, you're especially welcome here. Please know as well that you're in a place of acceptance and understanding, both for you who have Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder and for those of you who do not. We can learn so many good things about each other when we take the time to see life through each other's eyes. Our podcast this visit is another meet and greet. It's another chance to learn about others who are on the spectrum, in their own words. Getting to know each other is really important, especially when you think of how many times that we make assumptions, and we all do it, whether you're neurotypical or not, based on things we've heard. Now, and we've usually heard it third or fourth hand. That is to say, I heard it from someone who heard it from someone who heard it from someone else. We should really be gathering information from people directly through their own words. And that's what we're doing today. You and I are going to meet two young adults who have a lot to share. They're Alec, a young man in his early 20s, and Claire, a young woman a few years older. They're good friends and go to the same Aspie support group in their area. Welcome, Alec. Nice to meet all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Alec is actually a uh, student here at the University of Akron. How old are you, Alec? I'm about 21 years old right now. About 21 yes. years old? That's I turned 21 a couple months ago. Oh, okay. That's so cool. I'm still cool. pretty fresh. And we have Claire with us. Hello. Hello. And you are how old? 24. Okay. Glad to have the both of you here. So let's just start out with Claire. Tell me your story. I was born in Russia and adopted at the age of one. Okay. But I did not get diagnosed with autism until I was 18 years old. Wow. And I had all these markers that were most related to autism. I had meltdowns, and I could not stop myself until I was tired out. And I had socialization problems Okay. because they thought that my problems were associated with being adopted and spending the first year of my life in an orphanage. I was actually um, hospitalized and misdiagnosed before okay. being diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So I was on all the ADHD medications oh, yeah. and yeah, had yep, yep. severe okay. reactions to all of that. Right. And then one of the hospitals I was at, they told me I was bipolar. And I went to a residential treatment facility up in Cincinnati mm -hmm. at the best bipolar guy that associated with the Mayo Clinic. After two days of being there, they told my parents, your dog is not any of this stuff, but your dog is on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And it's yeah. made a world of difference for me because now I know like when I get into situations, when I get anxious... I'm finally on the right medication, and I finally know, like, I can do this. But all the yeah. other strategies mm -hmm. they've given me 
haven't worked. Right. So that's the frustrating part is I use my words, but it doesn't always get me anywhere. And I realize using my words is better now because I trust people and they they know what to do to help me. Exactly, exactly. Instead of being in my own little world, I hit rock bottom. Yeah. And I've had to find my way all the way back. Okay. And I now realize from many people telling me that I've made so much progress and I've made such a difference in other people's lives that even if I hit just one person and connect with one person, I'm happy with that because I realized I couldn't do that in the past. Wow. That's some story. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Alec, what about you? What's your story? Alrighty, well, let's see. I was diagnosed all the way back when I was three years old, so it wasn't that much of a surprise for me. I was raised in Ohio. Okay. I have I live with both my parents and my younger sister. Honestly, when I was little, I don't really think I cared that much because I was more focused on kind of living my own little world rather than viewing it through the eyes of other people, and I've just been going to school kind of taking every day as it comes and yeah. trying to make the best of the situation. Well, it seems like it's working pretty well for you because those of us on the spectrum are actually living in two worlds. You're living in the neurotypical world and your head is living in the autistic world. Now, I would think that being a young adult with all of the social life that you're in the midst of can be a really, you know, tough balance for you. So, Alec, I'll ask you first, how do you manage all of that? So when I'm in a um, situation like that, I usually I overthink of all the wrong things that could happen just because, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure yeah. you and yeah. I, Larry, you can kind of relate. And I, I think the biggest thing for me is that I've just always wanted to fit in. I, I'm usually the one who doesn't necessarily try to go off my own framework. I'm more about I'm very adaptable. So I guess, you know, for something like the, me, this doesn't weigh as much as maybe like a typical autistic person would. Yeah. But I guess coming from like people like me and our point of view I think we just want to fit in better, but yet at the same time, still have that freedom and that ability just to be ourselves, or else we're going to overthink about everything whenever we're at a place exactly like that. That's pretty much the gist of it. Okay. Same for you? Uh, When I go into social situations, it's pretty similar to Alec. I overthink things a lot, and I think other people are going to judge me because... I speak differently or I don't know the social cues because I have a hard time recognizing social cues. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then sometimes it does get a little bit too much for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to the bathroom and push against the wall, do some resetting exercises, Mm -hmm. and then I go back in and I'm like, I'm good and I socialize Mm -hmm. with people. So just that little bit of like physical exercise and pushing against the wall and stuff yeah. just yeah. helps me reset to be more comfortable yeah. in a, yeah. you kinda a have situation to, like yeah, that. Yeah, because you kind of have to reset the whole system for right. a minute. Now, you're in school. Yes. And you are not in school. I or, am in school. Oh, you are We're in both school. in school, and I think she's working as well. Oh, both wow. You got Maybe. a whole load then. Yes. I got a whole load on my plate. <laughs> Actually, correction, we both have full loads just in our unique ways. I'm just not yeah. employed right now. Yeah. Do they at work know that you're on the spectrum? My boss, yes, knows that I'm on the spectrum because when I first interviewed, they asked what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And one of my strengths was monitoring my surroundings. So when I'm 
in my surroundings, I'm like looking all over the place because that's what grounds me. Okay. Like I mm-hmm. have to look all over the place and it's just a way for me to like check the scenery and check what's going on. And then I told her as one of my weaknesses, social cues. And then I said, uh, I'm on the spectrum, by the way. And they are very understanding of my situation, which I am extremely lucky. That is really good, because the next thing I was going to ask about was, do you advocate for yourself? And you obviously did Mm -hmm. by saying something. Now, do you find that you can self-advocate, Alec? Yeah, but I rarely tell anybody that I'm on a spectrum. I guarantee you, except maybe for like one or two people, that I'm on the spectrum in the first place. Uh But I would always feel like my behavior was just so obvious that I don't operate as a normal person would. Sure, so, sure. And I don't know, okay, maybe if they've been around me long enough, they'd figure it out, or, you know, maybe they wouldn't. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just because maybe, usually I try to, like, kind of, ad- I'm the adaptive type of person. So I guess when asking more questions about can I self-advocate for myself, I would think yes. I mean, and there, there's still some of those, like, little moments where it's like, man, I wish I, I could find a better way to connect with the people, but... In the bigger picture, I've kind of found a way to kind of just take care of myself. Okay. Even though there's still pieces and parts that I'm still trying to put together. Okay. Compared to the past and trying to elaborate how I'm living right now. Mm-hmm. But um, in all terms, it, it I mean, there are some good days and there are some bad days. Um, and I have my good days and my bad days. Yeah. But yeah. my mentality for that is at least on my bad days. I'm not going to let that stop me from doing what I want to do. I realize that all people have good days and bad days, but mm-hmm. my bad days affect me a little bit more, I think, than other people who are your typical. But I take the mentality of turning something bad into something good. Yeah, and that's I'm right. And a unique person. That's right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, my next question is more of a fun one. What is it that you love to do? Claire? I am a very physically active person, so I'll wake up and work out every single morning. I play tennis over the weekends in the summer. There is no day that goes by without any physical activity. (laughs) I tend to overdo it way too much. So I start my day with a workout or um, go to camp for three hours and play tennis for three hours Mm -hmm. or just do anything, anything physically active. I love doing. I love reading. Pretty much anything to entertain myself, I will do. And Alec, what do you like to do? Let's see. Um, I am more of the expressive type. So some of the things that I like to do, I guess, would just kind of be expressive. So when I mean expressive, um, I guess, and this is going to sound really weird saying this out loud, but I like to make videos of myself through my phone sometimes and I like to make these weird facial expressions and talk in this really weird tone and um, pretend I'm this powerful uh, being which I have yet to name maybe at a later date but um, that was been like the sole essence that I've just kind of thrived off of kind of like when you see actors in a movie mm-hmm. acting out in like a reality I sure, guess type of show sure. yeah so I've been like imagining myself of like sure. wanting to be like that that big like influencing yeah. icon to kind of like act these real, real reality shows out make a comedy out of it but yeah. there's other things that I'll do as well so like I've sung before I've acted before I've been in tons of 
um, plays and musicals at local theaters okay. in Northeast yeah. Ohio. So I think that's because just that's just been my background. So my mind has adapted to that's how I'm going to effectively express. I just because my my whole life's been a show. It, it, it's fun to do things that you love to do. Yeah. Because that helps bring out that that you on the inside mm -hmm. that, that comes out real well. And, yeah. I, right. And I guess to add on as well, I mean, since I'm kind of thinking about it, I, I've been listening to the podcast um, before I came on here, and I noticed that a lot of people have often felt, you know, depressed sometimes. So mm -hmm. I guess one of the strategies that I want to say to those types of people is that if you do what you love every single day, it kind of helps that out a little, like a little bit. Yeah. So I, because I, I, I don't know if that sounded right, but as in no, like, no, it did. Um, it, it sounded it did. just fine, actually. Okay, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, to do that because your outlook is half the battle. I mean, it really is. Partly because all the things that are going on around you, which brings me to my next question. Most of us on the autism spectrum, that includes the three of us here have all kinds of sensitivities just to the things that are going on around us. Do your surroundings bother you much? Yesing away and going away. Yeah. When I'm in the workplace, for example, I don't let the surroundings bother me because I know that's not an option. Mm -hmm. okay. And okay. when dealing with children, either teaching them at my local temple or... Being at a camp, you can't let the surroundings bother you because you got to be focused on the children. But when I'm in a social situation, I'm at home. Yes, the surroundings bother me. I'm not the one who's going to let that stop me. Yeah, that is true. really cool. Yeah, that is that's really, awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, there are challenges that I'm, I'm sure we face every day, but at the same time, there's always a way to kind of work with that. And, you know, some days are going to be easier than others, but... That's just what I genuinely believe, because I've always wanted just the best, you know, for every person out there. Yeah. So yeah. I guess in terms of uh, any letting any outside interference bother me, I guess would be just if I know that maybe someone else has a better opportunity for something that I kind of want to reach out to kind of learn more about. That's when I'll kind of be like, man, I wish I could kind of connect with them so I can learn more about this. But yeah. if not, because before it's always been I felt like I knew enough to kind of just, you know, be satisfied. Right. When I was little. Um, but now, as I've been more open to other things, it's like, man, I know nothing. Yeah. And I wish I knew a lot more. And I feel like mm -hmm. the only way I could really do that yeah. is if I connect with a lot of these other other people. And, if and you know, but like I said before, connection's an issue. So it's like, yeah. what do I do? I'm just out here and, mm -hmm. you know. That, that out on a limb. Yeah, out on a limb. Doing my own things. Yeah. You know. Okay. Last question. If you could give one piece of advice to another young adult like yourselves who are on the spectrum, what would it be? Just find whatever situation works for you, honestly. I mean, and that's going to be different for every person. You know, maybe you got to spend maybe at least five minutes of your day or 10 or however long it needs to take to figure out, well, in order to kind of operate through life, you have to be like aware of the things that you're able to do, the things that you can't do and the things that you want to do. Uh -huh. And then you have to kind of break that down and say, okay, well, what are the steps that I need to take in order to get there? The best way to, to live, I think, is to, I guess, have that mobility to want to do better, but at the same time not change yourself to the point where you're, you're not truly you anymore. Okay. You know, okay. so, and I'm not, I want to say that for like the, the, the safety of others. Yeah. You know, I've tried becoming someone that I'm not before, 
and I've just never been happy with it. I mean, even when I've worked on projects before and I've tried to put on this, you know, quote unquote normal self, I'd always like cringe at the final product, like because I do a lot of multimedia stuff. So a lot of videos. So whenever I tried to be something that kind of represented something else, I never watched it. But then when I was acting the way that I truly felt, I watched it over and over and over again because that was the thing that I was proud of back when I made that product. You could be proud of the things that you've done, you know, many years ago because of the fact that you've been able to kind of work with what you've truly been feeling. Sure. And the only sure. way to kind of move forward is to figure out like what you're feeling right now. And, you know, with the time you have left, how do you move on to the future? Yeah. How would, what would you suggest to someone, say, your age, who's on the spectrum? So from somebody who hit rock bottom and didn't get diagnosed until they were 18 and finding my way back through, find the positives in a situation and don't let the negatives um, define who you are. Because I found every single time that I let the negatives take over my brain or a certain situation... I would be so depressed and down and not being able to find a way out of it. And when that happened, it was just too much. Mm -hmm. So for me, I write every single night either three things I'm thankful for or three positives that happened during the day so I can look back when I'm having a challenging time and realize these are the good things that happened due to what I did today. And I always remember compliments or keep cards because I want to read them and realize that I am making a difference even though I don't think I am sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes, that's scary that I don't think that, but I always try to go out help other people. I'm always in the community trying to do my best, leaving uh, an impact mm -hmm. that, and a legacy that I want to leave and touching other people's lives. Okay, so you would be suggesting that yep. mm -hmm. to other people. That was really very well said. You are one remarkable young lady, Claire, and you're both amazing in your own ways. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I'm truly impressed by the way you're facing life. And I'm so glad you accepted my invitation to be on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you both for joining me today. All righty. Thank All right. you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Remember to visit the website at aspieland.org. Catch up with everything while you're there. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. You just go over to the subscription page and fill out the form and you're done. And while you're on the website, donate if you can so I can keep this podcast going. Take good care of yourselves. Keep meeting up with others. And we'll meet up again next time in Aspieland. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.